December 2, 2020. It's a lot for Pedro Show. <laughs> Thank you. 
show happy wednesday first wednesday in december last month of the year uh brother matt quit quarantino mode so he's a couple miles south at love grotto on the pleasure point but i am not 
totally man alone, people. Because of those genius software innovator inventors in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got the garage dogs with me. Hey, Paul, Bill, Matt, welcome aboard. Hey, what's up? Mike, how you so doing? What? Good to talk to you, man. Great to be on, man. Okay, it's bitching to have you aboard. Uh, we, we start off the show with John Coltrane. I want to talk about you, something live from 1961, November 18, a little bit ago. And then from the brand new Garage Dogs album, Dump Truck. Okay, beautiful album. I love it. Congrats. Thank you, so man. Much. Thank I'm you. real proud of it. Congrats, congrats. Where are you guys talking to me from? Uh, we're up in Boston, Mass. Boss. I knew it was, I knew it was, I thought it might have been Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew it was a fishing town in Mass. Uh, yeah, yep. yep. The people I first met, Matt, he was living in SoCal for a while doing fishing off of, I think, King Harbor, Dondo. Or, yeah, we were fishing out of there in Marina Del Rey, man. In Marina Del Rey, right, right. Not Pedro, but close enough. We and, fished off Pedro. Yeah, yeah. But I think you had your boat on the west side here. Pedro's funny, people, because there's a peninsula, so we actually face east. That's why I got sunrises, not sunset. That's nice. But but anyway, that was a lot of moons ago. Good friend of Raymond Pettibones, and uh, me and Matt made a connect. I didn't really know he was into music and had brothers that... Anyway, I want to learn about you all three of your journey through music. So who wants to go first? Well, basically, we all, you know, we we weren't that close as kids. Um, and Who's this? At Who's some this? Point... Is this? Is this Paul talking? Uh, sorry, that's Bill talking right now. Yeah, it's Bill okay, talking. Okay, let's have Bill go first then. Bill, what's your earliest I, what's your earliest musical recollection, please? Uh well, when I was born, we had an old stand-up green piano in the the house and I would just kind of go and play on it whenever I could. I I just always was drawn to music. Our dad was a a big, you know, singer and performer, so the house was always full of music. And um, it was just always a part of of my life from the, as early as I can remember. Bill, you're telling me as soon as you were born, you jumped on that fucking piano? That's pretty I, much what he did. Man. I had a piano teacher try to convince my parents to send me to be a prodigy in Switzerland. Okay. Um, I was four years old, and all I could play was four fucking notes. So I, my parents asked if I had any interest, and I thought, not at all. Um well, yes, and then of course I, <laughs> I was not a prodigy as life eventually proved, but I have had a really good time playing the piano. What, what was your experience with the piano teacher? Because when we've had people on the show, it almost drove them away from music. She was hugely encouraged uh, by my kind of appetite for it and my natural kind of, I guess, harmonics that I would bang out on the thing. But of course, I... I did not actually see much past the four notes I was playing. And so it, it, I assumed that that's what my life was going to be, except in Sweden. And it just didn't appeal to me at five, you know. <laughs> Sweden or Switzerland? Both? I don't remember. I think it was one of them. <laughs> okay. what, 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 what about at, at school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? I was in all of it. Yes, I was a terrible. I played air trombone in my college marching band. My high school music teacher had gotten me a scholarship to help me go to school, uh, but I couldn't play the damn thing and march the way that these other kids were doing it. So I, I would learn the steps and then literally play air trombone. I would try to eye what position the other guys were in. Um, but sure, I did, you know, theater as a kid and 
I uh, sang in the choir because we all grew up in the South, so that was pretty much mandatory. So you worked the bone. You learned how to read bass clef? I did. Okay, that's bitch. What was the first record you bought with your own money? The very first one I bought with my own money was the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, I was six and a half, and I was fascinated by it. So my dad took me up to Zodi's in Bakersfield, California, I think it was seven ninety nine. Uh, now, where do you where do you get seven ninety nine at six and a half years old? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think my parents might have helped me with it. Yeah, yeah. See, because I ask about your own money, because when you're young, you ain't got much, so that you really got to make it count, right? What about Bill? The first gig you went and saw? Oh, you know, the very first gig I saw, I took myself to see Prince on the Purple Rain tour when I was 14. None of the other kids at school were listening much to Prince. They were all listening to Journey and Pink Floyd. So uh, I was obsessed with Prince. And two friends of mine and I got on the bus and went to Birmingham, Alabama to see the Purple Rain tour. Do you remember the movie? Oh, my God. I had it memorized. I used to walk remember, around Remember school. the lady? Uh, I think she's called Apollonia. Yes, that is her name. Well, no, her real name's Patty Katera. She's Pedro. Oh, really? Oh, wow! I, I didn't know that. Well, that's why you're on the show, so I can enlighten. <laughs> <you. laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew there was something you didn't know, but but uh, she was one year behind me in uh, high school. Me, Georgie D. Boone, and uh, Apollonia was her name in that. Yeah, Prince. Uh, yeah, and uh, Revolution, right? Great band. Absolutely great band. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, so, Paul. I, Paul, uh, Paul I, what's your yeah, earliest? Yeah, this is Paul. Uh, what's I, your uh, earliest? What's started, your what's your earliest musical recollection, please? I was uh, I took piano lessons probably uh, around five or six years old, uh, and did not have the love affair that Bill did. Okay, that's your first memory. That's my first memory. Okay, he's having a bad time with the piano. Yeah. Okay. What, what, what about the first record you bought yourself? Uh, first record I spent my own money on was Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah. Yeah. When that record came out, that's when I wrote the Mike Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought Mike Jackson sang that song. I'd never have to ask answer a political questions about the Minutemen. They'd know exactly what we were about. But I, never exactly. got, <laughs> but I never got word back from the management. So it ended up being a Minuteman song. Uh, yeah, yeah. Goddamn right. <laughs> now, now, Paul, were you yep. in the marching band or the choir, shit like that? Yeah, I played trumpet in uh, in the high school band. Uh, and uh, I was uh, decent enough. Um, but I never marched or, or anything. And then... Uh, after I think about the tenth grade, I, I stopped doing any kind of school-related music. Yeah, I just wonder because some schools got rid of their fucking art and music programs. You know what? It's a shame. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I, I always ask that question. Uh, you know, because we all got different paths to get to where we are now, and, and yep, everybody's right. got a unique one. Even if your fucking brothers like you cats. Uh, yep, true. Uh, well, we should get to fucking Matt. Matt, your earliest music recollection, please. Well, I I also went to Miss Matchner, the uh, the the piano teacher. She hated me, and I hated her. 
and she would smash my fucking fingers <laughs> into the goddamn right key every time I'd miss it. Ooh. So, so I hated her. And uh, Bad experience. that was about it until I picked up a co- uh, guitar 15 years later. Okay, okay. So you didn't do the school music thing? Didn't do it, man. Okay, that's all right. What, what about the first record you bought for yourself with your own money? Man? No problem. That, that was uh, Appetite for Destruction. My brother Paul, when I was in fifth grade, you're talking about. To, uh, you're not talking about that? the painting by Robert Williams. You're talking about the record by Tons of Poses. <laughs> <laughs> but we, he took me. My first concert was uh, Motley Crue, and opening up was uh, Guns N' Roses. And uh, I was I was too young to really give a shit too much about the uh, the music. But I, I just I remember all the you know women. Uh, and just rubbing up against them, you know, I was only in like fifth grade and I had just never seen so many boobs and tits in my life. So you bought the uh, records because of the gig? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I didn't know which one came first. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was me. <laughs> no, the record or the gig. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it don't matter, it don't matter. I, wa- I want to play Eki Homo.
Separance ran through the blood like the smack in the veins of my dad on the map. 17 if it get down my granny's pad. Been on my homie's couch grinding this two shall pass. Sacrifice fast, no cash for food anyway. Had to make a play overseas, cost a fat about eight. Corner pocket, cut the jazz. John Stockton no longer babbling in Babylon about tiny trending topics. Here today, lost in Miami. Dancing with Diablo for the cha cha chips and salsa. But it ain't gay, Slovakian, slave descent, salvation through our holy father. Yahweh, the only way to win. Thinking we'll get away with what we do in the darkness. The bit let us straight slip. It's in that you, me, and them. Clown on the cross, oh, 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 oh. Clown on the cross, oh, 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 oh. Pushing through the pain in my brain, rain, rain. Wash away the blood, stains and face pain. Pushing through the pain in my brain, rain, rain. Wash away the blood, stains and face pain. Through the ways of rappers like Moses in the middle passage and a wicker basket as I wise and when life straight packed light like only a pendle stick. Love to stick around, but I hate being in the artificial mix of colors and shades. Biggest of smiles turn upside down in the darkest of days. Energy, currency, it's all across we exchange. Conquer the world, accept the caucus came. So the divine language, famous for the frame, the artist and artwork, rename the beast, tamed by a civilized letter mind from the hive of the most high. Stay alive, long enough to See the villain die to the one inside Vilifies your soul body in my, 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 my Away the blood, stains and face pain. Pushing through the pain in my brain, brain, brain. Wash away the blood, stains and face pain.
Music is this music? Yeah. 
house payment, the other bills I love. It's in the bedroom, baby. It's all right that taxes and death, my friend.
a handful over my head Turns tragedy to comedy With a wink of an eye And cash Share a stash will open up your drawer Though we never really did it before With a guy Then It turns around and leaves you cold You can't remember if Show. Yeah, that was Akihomo from the brand new Garage debut album. Uh, Wave the Brain after that brand new Italian Finnish duet out of Barcelona. Uh, big gracias to Hermano uh, Milo for flowing me that. The, the comedian, Faded Joker, The Comedian Falls by Puppet Midnight. This is a one-man bass band out of England. Quack, quack, yeah. out of Leeds, England, Mars. Uh, Nappy Nap, Nappy Nappa, brand new solo album out of D.C. Uh, he's a singer, man, a model home, and uh, great, uh, great new album, Howling Clown. Then we had Laura Silver out of Italy, Bologna, with Shaky Situation. Johnny Mark and the Ricks, with the late, great Frankie Onwe from the Suburban Lines, passed away a couple of years ago. S's for Stress, of course. But Bomas Brendan. D.C. area. Salutation. Imperfect misnomer from 38. Angry Tires, which has one of the bonus Brendans. And Powell Frankrin from Dose. And finally, Friends from Garage Dogs. Now, you know the thing about after school with the garage band, with the bedroom band, the basement band. Now, you guys, three brothers, you probably make a band together, right? 
I'm just guessing. Well, not for uh, not for a very long time. We uh, we okay, had give, give very different history. interests uh, in school. It wasn't until uh, uh, right around I was uh, I guess 20, which would have put Matt at 18, 19, and Bill at 22, um, when we all kind of got together on some holiday and uh, realized each person, each guy was playing music on their own. Before that, we really didn't, uh, you know, we, we'd exchange cards on the holidays, but we weren't kind of walking the same path at all up until then. Sure, sure. Now, Matt was saying he got on the guitar. So That's what, correct. So what'd you get on? Well, I, I started out on the guitar. That was my primary instrument. I thought it, was fucking, we, uh, I thought it was fucking piano. Well, to start it out, I mean, I started playing for fun when I picked up the guitar. Okay, okay. That <laughs> uh, was around my teenage years. And then uh, once we, once the three brothers got together, um, some some kid uh, had left a drum set at my apartment. So while, uh, you know, once Matt picked up the guitar and Bill grabbed the other one, I just sat behind a drum kit and uh, and kind of, that's that's how I picked up the drums. Yeah, probably Paul, 20, Paul, 20, Paul, how does somebody... Leave a drum set at your pad accidentally? <laughs> fell out of his fucking pocket? I mean, he was. <laughs> and I, uh, he left it there for the summer. It was uh, we were in college. At the oh, time. like kind of storage oh. rock. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Understand. Like, how do you forget a drum set? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, by the time he came back from uh, uh, for the next semester, I was yeah. uh, I was lobbying heavy for him yeah. to keep for to leave it at my place. Okay, I, I understand that. I understand. So, w was it easy for you to jump? From uh, guitar, piano to guitar to drums, uh, the guitar was was relatively easy for me to pick up. The drums, um, I'm still trying to learn how to play the drums. Twenty five years later, uh, <laughs> shit, I'm doing the same thing with bass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 so Matt, you you just stayed on guitar, right? I, I did. Now, uh, how, where did you get your first guitar? Uh, I got my first guitar. I, I traded a twenty-two for it in college. Um, uh, listeners out there, that's a pistol. <laughs> yeah, as a twenty-two, yeah. And then when we first got to Boston, I was selling some weed, and the guy at the uh, music store, I sold him some weed, and he gave me an eighty-four American-made Tele that I still play as my sole guitar after. Oh, geez, 23 years. Yeah, yeah. And what was your first amp? First amp was, a, uh, actually, it was a, a Fender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still, I'm looking right at it. It's a Fender Super 112. A little too bad. Heavy as hell, but a, a decent sounding amp. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what came. Once we became a band in Boston, we didn't have a car. So we used to have to walk a mile to the train station with two amps, two guitars, a bass amp, a bass, and a drum kit. And the four of us would trudge oh. through the snow. It took about an hour to get there. And I mean, then we'd have to walk. You slept sh this shit. Hell yeah, yeah we did. In your, arms. in your arms. Okay. Yes. God damn. Gotta get not, to not, somehow, even a, right? not even a shine cart, huh? It was all slept with the arms. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And, uh, well, who's left? Me, Bill. 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 No, yeah. You got on the bass? No, Sue's on our uh, our bass. We actually started off with, uh, I, I was on acoustic guitar eventually by the time we all hooked up together because the piano was just too heavy to lug around. Um, <laughs> and so there's, I do a lot of piano on this new record yeah, just yeah. because, you know, that's become kind of my primary again, which I really love. Um, 
But uh, no, we uh, Devin McGuire was the original member of the Dogs. And one of the reasons we moved to Boston from Alabama, because you've got to move somewhere from Alabama. And uh, so Devin was with us for years and then went to... You guys were Mobile? Yes, we were. And then we went out to California and then Devin um, stayed. And when the band kind of put it, got our act back together... I've been working with an amazing bass player named Susan Goldberg. We are a dual piano bass combo, and so she's the bass player on the record, and she's the one who plays with us. Okay, so. okay, but I want to get to the record. You know, I want to get like into like the proto beginnings of the Garage Dogs. Cause I, like, in fact, can you tell me about the first Garage Dogs gig? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is uh, actually probably not the best one to tell the story. When, once we all got together, we spent a weekend in New Orleans and then a weekend in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, uh, forming our own band but each of us had had our own solo gigs um, so we hooked up with um, Heather no the dude the, John the Anthony from, uh, John Anthony from uh, Wet Willie from Wet Willie. Wet Willie out of Mobile and he recorded us and then uh, he put together a gig for us at a at a bar in Mobile Alabama which each of the three of us did a little solo set and we were going to uh, have a garage dog show at can the I, end of can it. I, can I ask you if this bar was on Dolphin Street? Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, oh, man. Because everything fucking in Mobile has on Dolphin Street. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, that's cool. We didn't get a chance to play because uh, uh, during Matt's solo gig, uh, he somehow offended the sensibilities of everybody in the club, and uh, they kicked us out. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, actually, we had to leave on threat of violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were, they were. Uh, it was uh, turning violent, so we had to skate. In the early days, so many of our gigs ended in bar fights that <laughs> we got banned from a lot of places because the material was a little edgy and we were a mess. It's true. You know, I had a sad mobile gig <laughs> because I found out right before going on stage, Jack Bruce had passed away. Oh, oh. yeah. And man, I didn't realize it, but it hit me fucking hard. Because I owed that man so much on the bass, you know. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And after, conked at uh, Friends Pad, Todd. And you know the thing where you get the YouTube.com, you're looking at the videos, drinking the, right. uh, drinking up the bourbon. And man, that, was, that, that, was, a, that was a heavy, that was a heavy night. I but 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 okay. So so the first gig was kind of a disaster. Well, you didn't get to do it. So tell me about the actual first gig with Garage Dogs got to play. Would have been uh, Boston, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bastille Day in Boston, '97. Uh, we played at a, uh, a, a a drag bar uh, called Jacques um, with Rick and, Berlin. Uh, with Rick Berlin, who's a who's a Boston staple, and. Um, that gig went pretty well. Uh, we, you know, we um, uh, there was still plenty of property damage, and I think a couple of punches thrown. But for the most part, that would have been our first gig, Bastille Day '97. It went off though. Did you do the thing like the solo sets before? No, 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 no. Hell no. <laughs> we were done with that. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, you lo- short life. life is the greatest teacher, right? You learn from these experiences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True that. <laughs> kind of like that. And, okay, so uh, Garage Dogs, that first set, was it mainly original material? Yes. Yes. From from day one, uh, it was uh, original. We'd throw in a cover, but we would heavily 
uh, influence the cover, kind of in our own style, um, but always our own stuff. Yeah, you'd make it your version, right? Exactly. Our first, the first cover, because we were doing just nasty punk rock in those early days. So the first cover we did was the old Snoopy versus the Red Baron song by I think the Royal Kingsmen or something. A silly pop song. And then in, within a couple of years, we graduated to I Want to Be Your Dog and No Fun. And then for a period of time, we would just play Sister Ray. We would literally go on stage, play Sister Ray for 45 minutes. They'd call us back for an encore. We'd play it for another nine. <laughs> Whoa. And with the yep. key, but was there organ? Uh, he was on, Bill would have, Bill would have switched uh, back and forth. Uh, so we'd have brought a keyboard. And then Bill, during the show... Uh, would jump back and forth between the keyboard and yeah, the guitar. because, you know, I've done Sister Ray with Tom Watson, no keyboard, but, yeah, that's one reason why I always wanted to play with an organ player was that fucking song. That yeah, fucking man. song, yeah. yeah. I love it, I love it. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, time. December 2nd, 2020 edition of Watt for Peter, show special guest Garage Dogs. Hold tight for hour two. December 2nd, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. You talk of the weather and watch television. You keep it together by blurring your vision. You meet at the movies, this might be the one. But it's already over before it's begun. There is no love, there is no love.
in the usual place. I'll be the one with the rose in my teeth and some dirt on my face. I wanna tell you about the plans I have for a brand new Bonneville show. Gonna take this town by storm Just as sure as that north wind blows And then I'll be the toast of the town Yes, I will And you'll let me lean on your windowsill And you'll say to Tell me I'm your man I'm just trying to get a few thousand people to remember my name I'd estimate there's about a half a million around here Trying to do the same As unknown, baby, as unknown, yes. But if you're on my side, baby, if you're on my side, I sure ain't calling it quits. But it's an uphill struggle till you reach the top. Then from
to a man Washed in the blood of my
show started the second hour off with love song two garage dogs and sam bennett showbiz the people versus the people tala toe punt what if this was real man the thomas scott quintet out of liverpool with marionette temple of bone mateen and wilcox be on the show last week great drummer man mighty writer 
Don't Kiss Me, I'm Running Out of Lipstick by the World Inferno Friendship Society. And finally, Temptation by Garage Dog. So let me uh, try to understand how is a Garage Dog song written? Well, the three of us are all songwriters. And from a very early moment, um, I encouraged Matt and Paul to sing the songs that they wrote. Um, I had had a little bit more experience and they felt they felt less kind of, I guess, accomplished or practiced to sing. But, you know, there are just so few bands out there where everybody in the band is a songwriter and sings. You know, the Who did it. The Beatles did it. Um, but there's there's just not that many bands where you can get that many kind of vocals and viewpoints. So usually one of us will come up with uh, either sometimes a completed song. We in the early days, we just improv stuff. And so on the early records, a lot of stuff was just songs that had been noodled about. But usually one of us will have one and bring it to the band. And then we, you know, beat it up for a while and figure it out and then. And then it's a Garage Dog song. So you're saying on the other record, so this ain't the debut album then? Uh, no, we've actually taken a break. Uh, we we had a, a kind of a four record run in the 90s into the early 2000s and then kind of peeled off. Um, okay, and, so uh, it's, it's it's like a Renaissance record. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's it's it. a con- it, don't call it a comeback, but you know what I mean? No, no, Renaissance. That's a... Right, there you go. That's more good. Fan, uh, yeah, deeper word. So you're telling me you make de- each cat makes a demo and then shows it to the other ones? Uh, yeah, uh, not so much the... Pro- it'd be more about we would just get together and uh, and say, all right, here's my new song. What do you think? Oh, okay. Uh, we okay. just play it. We, we lived together for many years, and so the, the bulk... Nowadays, it's different, but in the early days, we were all living in the same house. Yeah. Uh, so we would just go downstairs three or four nights a week, and uh, and whoever had something they were working on would just be folded into the mix. Sure, sure. That, that, that. But what about, like, for this album? Well, there's a different story because, uh, uh, you know, we all are on, uh, you know, everybody's got a different path right now uh, outside the band. So... Um, you know, Bill, Bill is, uh, the primary songwriter, I'd say. Um, so he'll bring, he'll, you know, and he'll workshop some songs he wrote, he'd played, you know, perhaps a little bit solo and then some he wouldn't. Matt usually contributes about three or four songs, uh, on a record and then I'll write probably one or two. Um, and it's more about just, uh, Hey, let's get together and hear what we've been working on and the stuff that makes the cut. We start jamming together and work it out. And as far as words, like the cat who brings in the music also brings in the words, or do you write to each other's music? 90% of the time, uh, the, the guy that brings the music brings the lyrics. Uh, and then, uh, But there'll be plenty of times where you know, we'll say, hey, what, what sounds better here? This is what I'm trying to say, and, and uh, we'll hammer out lyrics together. But for the most part, the songwriter um, already comes to the table with the lyrics written. Once the band adopts a song, it becomes more communal property. And so everybody weighs in and we may, you know, change a bridge, change verse order and stuff like that. But usually, you know, the guy that brought it is the guy that, you know, it gets the final say. Well, like I'm wondering about Love Song 2. Was there Love Song 1? There was. Uh, that was on an album. That's uh, Actually, Pettybone did the cover for it. It was uh, 2005's Withdrawal. I know that and, one. Um, I know that one. 
we had just we'd never written a love song. People used to give a shit about it, so I wrote a really sarcastic love song. And then um, I think Love Song Two is one of the ones that I kind of had a notion for it, but I think we pretty much created that one in the studio. Um, even television, which is kind of the single that we're releasing at the moment, was pretty much created on the spot by the band. I'm going to play television next hour, but right now I want to play No More. Oh, nice. Been on this boat about 20 years Looks like it'll be 20 
fever dreams have broken down my mind and left me with a weight. Just won't let me find a time where a man can waste some money and lay it all right on the line. Inside these fever dreams, you'll find me sweating through the night. You know it's cold in this old motel room The TV's broken, so am I I wish I had a drink of water Or even better still, some wine It's this damned old fever dreaming Keep me losing track of time I'm lost again out on the highway Like I've been one thousand times These damned old fever dreams Left me hanging on the phone Dragged me through the foggy morning To a place where no one's home If I just had a drink of water Or even better still some wine I could break this lonesome fever And find my way back to the light
the room Stand off is a short What's that smell? Spirit come Deep fuck centipede Who can tell? Man take root of prostitution A balcony She's looking for a time Gotta find a window in time It's always on my mind Cause space is the place Where they'll leave us alone Yes, yeah, space is the place That only can go on Show uh, beginning of that chunk of music was no more from Garage Dogs Matt, and people. Uh, you heard Matt ask uh, or not ask tell you you know who wrote that. So what's your <laughs> guess, what, what's your guess out there, people? Which brother? <laughs> I, I can't hear you. Germanato <laughs> uh, <laughs> Youth after that with Magic Music Maker. Then Scott. H. Barham, brand new stuff from him, Fever Dreams. Cleveland with Sea Level. Actually, Sea Level out of Cleveland. And that's the letter C, right? Matt works on a fishing boat, people. <laughs> yes, sir. Noda. After that, Lewis Cole with Window Shop. And finally, Space is the Place, Garage 
dogs. Yes, it's a little Sun Ra. A little Sun Ra. Have you read that book? John Swed wrote a biography on Sun Ra called Space is a Place. I, I have read it, and I, uh, I love it. It's also, uh, much of that song is inspired by Burroughs, uh, William Burroughs, the writer. Um, so I was doing a little bit of a, a mixture. You know, Burroughs famously said that the human race will not evolve until we view Earth as just another space station. And um, so I, I did a little bit of a, a nod to Sun Ra as well as to Burroughs and just kind of, you know, you mix your metaphors and sometimes it tastes no, like shit and sometimes it's pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, songs are trippy things. They almost have lives of their own. But you're right. You can put them together from different parts. Yeah. And uh, I, I was thinking of that that book by John Zwed. And I, I recommend because uh, Sonny Blount, an Alabama guy too, but Birmingham, and uh, incredible cat in a way. Right. Yeah, his 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 uh, life story is pretty incredible, and uh, so I, I recommend that book. Uh, where'd you guys record this new album? Skyhorse uh, Studios in uh, Needham with um, Dan McCormick. Um, Dan had this beautiful new studio. I mean, basically, when we started finally in the garage, we really wanted to have the Stooges' career or the New York Dolls or the Velvet Underground. Like, that was our model. And, you know, after that first run, we realized that all of those bands put out four great records and broke up because they weren't making any money. And that's pretty much the same thing that happened to us. And then um, <laughs> over time, you know, we still would play together. And, and I still have a band, you know, the Scream Along with Billy with Sue Goldberg. And the brothers back us up when we tour and, and stuff. But finally, uh, everybody started writing new songs. Uh, around the time, actually, our father passed. And we were, you know, really tight. And everybody got a little bit, you know, introspective and we all kind of hooked up and everybody had written a, a big, new, beautiful song. And we were like, fuck it. It's time to do another dog record. We found this guy, Dan McCormick, who had this beautiful studio in Norwood. And his idea was that we kind of record all the basic tracks live in this cathedral sized room. Um, and so much of the backbone of this record is from those original live takes and then of course you know you tweak it and hammer it out a little bit over time yeah would you say that he kind of is it self-produced or do you give him the producer no oh, we we yeah. produced it but uh he uh he was a, an incredibly and and you know he's actually still kind of working with us on it it was a wildly collaborative experience with everybody and and he uh had some great ideas and really really certainly helped the shape of this record come together he was working the knobs. He did all the miking up, like what we would call engineering, right? Exactly. Yeah, he, so he would engineer it, but also uh, we're very open to uh, ideas and suggestions. Um, you know, when we work in the studio, we, we bring in the, the engineer slash, um, uh, you know, tech, whatever, the guy who's working the buttons, um, to the extent that they're comfortable doing it. Uh, you know, kind of hammering out ideas. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, if, if we worked with somebody different, we'd still have the same songs, but there would uh, probably be a different sound on a couple of them, you know. I, we uh, So we welcome his contributions. Yeah, that makes good sense. Look, we're at this end of the second hour, December 2nd, 2020 edition of Watt from Pedro Show, special guest, Garage Dogs. Hold on, hour three. 
December 2nd, 2020. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Hey there, boy, you better settle down Cause they're talking about you all over town And what you did to her soul
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with television from Garage Dog and Tragic Comedy with Thoughts. Bronze Age UFO, Tragic Comedy old. Uh, they ended up moving to Pedro, but they're from the hill. Uh, Bronze Age UFO out of Baltimore with Jazz on a Cenobite Day. And then Going Home for from Garage Dogs. I think I remember a Kiss song called Going Home. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Somebody was playing me some of Paul Stanley reading a book. He talking. He wrote about the band, or, I guess, or something. <laughs> you you know, know, I didn't. Uh, I didn't love Kiss, but I love Bob Ezrin. Well, he made their their kind of breakthrough record, right? Absolutely. Alice Cooper too. Uh, but and, we, uh, and Lou Reed's Berlin. Oh, right, right, and also the. The live records with the uh, kind of his little crew there. It's uh, Dick Wagner, Steve Hunter, Practice yep, yep, John, yep. and uh, yeah, Whitey Ford. Uh, uh, interesting about uh, we saw Kiss only once when they had a record. We saw them before they ever had a record. Uh, they opened it up for everybody in the, you know, those days, early 70s. Middle right. seven, actually middle seventies, you know Savoy Brown, Wishbone Ash, that kind of shit. Uh, I remember the first album when we finally heard it. It was so slow compared to what we were seeing at the gigs. What uh, with uh, you said that you did all the basic tracks in a big room, so so that was done pretty quick. And then what? You came in later to do overdubs and stuff. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, and a lot of what. You know, a lot of what you're hearing uh, are from uh, the original, uh, the original live tracks. Of, 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 I, I don't know, I, certainly more than half of uh, of what made it to the record are from those original live tracks. And then, yeah, we'd come back in. Um, you know, it would start out with, uh, you know, for example, if uh, you know, there was a, I, I felt like one of my uh, one of the my drum performances on a song just didn't have enough balls. Uh, so I'd go back in and lay those down or Matt would want to tweak something. And then once every man sort of fixed the things he wanted to fix, uh, it went to, uh, you know, we'd sit down and listen as a group and, and just kind of say, you know, like Bill said earlier, once it becomes a, the, you know, the, the property of the, the band, uh, there's no sort of nobody sort of gets to final vote. Um, so we'll just discuss it as a band and, and uh, make those tweaks, you know, at that point. Did you get a chance to play these songs in front of people before you recorded them? We did. Uh, this process started uh, shortly after, like I said, you know, after my dad passed and we were all spending a lot of time together and writing. And we went into the studio about four years ago with, I would say, about a third, maybe a half of this set. And we actually started tracking a record with a different producer um, and then uh, over the last four years, as we've been out there, we got to play several of these songs live quite a bit, like some of our fans and people who, who follow us, you know, watch us on, on uh, line will know some of these tracks. But by the time we got back into the studio shortly before the COVID disaster, um, we basically had a fresh set of songs uh, about we kept the good half and, you know, had supplemented it. And then um, once lockdown happened, uh, you know, Dan, the engineer, called us and said, why don't we finish this record up while everybody's got nothing to do? And so we all, you know, raided our bank accounts and went in and finished. 
Well, one of the reasons I ask is because you think it helps to tune out the plate in front of people before you record it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have to agree with you because I've done a lot of records where I've never played one fucking song in front of people. Then you do a tour and God damn it, the tunes sound better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're we're much more, uh, at least as far as myself, this is Paul. Much more about live performance. I, I, there, I love being in the studio and tracking this stuff and having basically a record of the things that we've done. But uh, it's all about playing live for me. Yeah, I agree. I want to play. Look, I played this already on the show because Matt floated to me when you got it ready. But uh, American Dream. Thanks, man. of his wallet and the measure of success is the measure of his wife's tits and the measure of happiness is decided by the size of your home we used to have readers we used to have thinkers we used to have surfers and workers and bleeders and now everything's a disease and a problem that nobody owns the ignorant vitriol around the nation has replaced
Show last music for this edition Garage Dogs with American Dream, then History with Butter Teeth. And I've learned it's not an acronym, this is a fucking word. Emmer, name of the band, the Proj, whatever. And uh, that heat, maybe not punk rock, but pun rock on uh, what was that England band? This heat, yeah, maybe I don't know, just a guess, people. Whenever from music with my insane friend, and finally. River Duchesne, uh, uh, do, River of Dogs, right? That's it. Yeah, somebody's speaking French here in the Garage Dogs. <laughs> okay. Uh, where can people find you guys on the internet? Uh, well, we've got a Facebook page. Um, we all have our own, but the Garage Dogs have a Facebook page. And, uh, you know, you can find us on all the streaming sites. We've got lots and lots of, you know, YouTube videos. So, um, we're pretty easy to find. Can I we, ask uh, you? Can I ask you if the Garage Dogs have their own website? Uh, we're actually it's under construction right now. Because That's good. We, we, That's good. We still had one of those old school nineteen ninety websites with a, a picture of yeah, us. Yeah, but like, at least it's yours. It, it, you know, whenever somebody tells me that the only presence they got on the web is on some corporate billboard. True that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I can understand stapling up a flyer on their telephone pole. But if that's the only place you exist, you don't have control over your message. No, you don't. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to be a dictator about it, but it's just a strong suggest. People, get your own websites. You can get WordPress sites for free. Remember in the old days, what were they called? Uh, you said you had one. but. uh Oh God, I can't remember. There was two big companies that did them, and they had like all... a MySpace page and a... no, even before that shit in the nineties. Yeah, no, we yeah we had our own page. I can't remember I the hosting lot... name yeah. either, but yeah, we we had our own page, and uh, we would write. We you know I'd sit there with a book, and we'd uh, learn how to do all the HTML writing. Right, uh, so right. we, we did it all ourselves. Yeah, I, I think. Uh... Oh God, Lycos or tra Trapeze or there was these name of these sites and they were pretty, yeah, pretty, but at least, you know, uh, yeah, kind of like fanzine ethics, huh? Yeah, true then, okay. yes. Okay, so, okay, what's the plan right now? So, so people, it's in the construct, do you know what the URL is yet? 
for our page uh it's uh it's www.garagedogs.com oh okay so uh but it's uh we're working on it right now yeah. i think all if you found it would be uh just a couple of pictures sure sure um, but down, so, the, uh, down the road down the road and down the road yeah but right now uh the the sort of the the best place the best presence to find us uh, like you said, is um, yeah, you know uh, putting money in Mark Zuckerberg's pocket, but uh, <laughs> but it's uh, the Facebook page right now. Uh, yeah, okay. Not so much my waste of space place anymore. It's a fake look. Uh, so look, uh, I'm curious. You said you had more than you needed for the record. You got extra songs. Oh sure, always. So are you thinking of a new record soon? Even though that this baby just came out. We had so much fun getting back in the studio and making another record because we're all such huge rock and roll nerds. So, like, we spend weeks figuring out side one, side two, even though most people don't even listen to records that way anymore. Um, but we really are very proud of the records we put out, even when we were, you know, just kind of young rapscallion alcoholics. I mean, we still had pretty good instincts. So I think is I think we will. It's not going to be another 15 years, certainly. And I think, um, you know, as soon as we feel like we got a strong set of songs that have some sort of linking goal that that we will head right back into the studio. You're saying that this new album has kind of a theme? Um. The, the record, just because it was written kind of at the same time, you know, over the last four years with what the family went through personally, you know, the death of our dad, but also what was going on in the country politically. Uh, and we were all reading Nietzsche, which is where, of course, Eke Homo and Beyond Good and Evil come from. Right. So I, that doesn't sound totally punk rock, or maybe it does. But again, yeah. we just, we again mixed our metaphors and it kind of worked. Fred Nietzsche, he's uh, every, every young man. Uh, exactly. Young women too, maybe should read uh, read him because he uh, some intense uh, staring to the mirror boy kind of thing, right? Exactly. Yep. Just check it out. I I, I love I love that uh, spirit you guys got, man. And I can't wait to hear the next one when you get it done. When you come back on the show, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, anywhere else. Be our pleasure. Okay, people. It's been the December second, twenty twenty edition of the Watt for Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.